Church. Welcome to the Disco Leader Podcast, where we seek to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to build up the body of Christ, not with weights, not with barbells, but simply with scripture and truth. Hey, Disco Church. This is Pastor Bobby on our inaugural Disco Leader Podcast, but I'm not alone. I am here with my good friend, Moniqua Scott. I call her Mo. Can everybody call you Mo? Yes, please don't call me my legal name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and we are just here uh, to invite you into uh, a little bit of conversation uh, about what it looks like to be the church, uh, and specifically for you as disco group leaders um, and other leaders within our church to lead the church effectively within community. So before we get to all that, let me just introduce myself a little bit if you are not that familiar with me. Uh, I've only been with Discovery Community Church for uh, about five or six months. I pastored the Pathway Church and uh, we merged with Disco uh, back in November and I've come on to focus on a number of things, but one of the things that I'm trying to really focus on is uh, biblically equipping you. And, And I emphasize biblically because Most of you um, have been leading groups uh, longer than me. Many of you have. Some of you are new. um, But I don't have any just great ideas or wisdom to offer you. But I do, um, by God's grace, um, have a calling on my life to equip you with God's word. And so that's kind of the heart behind this podcast um, is to do that. So, um, yeah, that's who I am. And I'm excited to get to do this podcast. Mo, who are you? Uh, hi, who am I? Deep questions to start off. Yeah. Um, I'm his friend, Bobby, we're friends, uh, also into the pathway, love Jesus, have loved him for maybe, I would say really, truly pursuing him for the last three or four years of my life. Um, super excited to just get to have conversations and push on you as the pastor. I get to ask all the tough questions, um, and really excited to, to dig into God's word. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, so that's exciting for me. Yeah. All right, well, uh, purpose, uh, a little bit more uh, specific, the purpose of this podcast. Our prayer is that uh, this podcast would be a source of equipping, uh, as I mentioned before, for you as church leaders. And we want you to feel free. This is not like an exclusive podcast only for people leading in certain areas. We want you to feel free as you find it useful to share this podcast with uh, any leaders. And sometimes it's not a titled position, any leaders within Discovery Church. But we want this to be a, a an easily accessible place of equipping for you. You'll hear honest conversations about God's word. Um, and God's people when those things collide in group life. Uh, And we want you to hear it, as Mo mentioned, through the lens uh, both of a pastor um, and a church member. Mo has led groups, she's been a part of groups, and we've been in groups together. And so we're just hoping that this will be extremely biblical and extremely practical for you. So with that in mind, the general format is going to be, we're going to talk about the sermon uh, that we just heard. So you're not with us, but we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. And so we're going to talk about uh, the sermon that we just heard. Heard Pastor John preach. It's May 1st. And then we're going to jump into just a topic of the day and uh, help you guys think through some of these things. So, um, yeah, we'll start with the sermon. For sure. And so, as you're a group leader and you're thinking, you know, how do I approach this sermon? How do I talk to people about the sermon? Like, we don't have to have super deep questions. Literally, just ask, hey, Bobby, what'd you think about the sermon today? Yeah. 
a super a super good way. Hey, I gotta backtrack because I'm a rookie podcaster. Uh, I we told you this was gonna be super biblical, and we talked about this, but I didn't even point you to the scripture that all of this is flowing out of. Uh, so Ephesians chapter four. This is probably a familiar passage to you guys, but Ephesians chapter four, uh, specifically verse twelve, uh, in talking about uh, church leaders, the apostle Paul says that God gave those church leaders to the church, to the body of Christ as gifts. Have you ever thought of yourself as a gift? Yes, always. <laughs> Mo does. <laughs> Gotta stay humble in that. But man, <laughs> church leaders are a gift to God. Why? To equip the saints for Amen. the work of ministry, for building up, not yourself, but the body. but the body of Christ. Until what? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So that means it's an ongoing process. We will not get done until eternity. So I'm excited about that. So with uh, with the sermon, we'll start first just with, what did you say your question was that you would just ask? What did you think about the what sermon? What did you think about the sermon? It was I. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Pastor John. No, uh, it was it was really good. So thinking first layer, um, you know, just thinking about the specific passage. We've been going through mm-hmm. First John. That's been a, a, an ongoing series. Uh, and so when I think about the particular passage that John was kind of launching off from, uh, it was First John chapter five verses uh, thirteen and fourteen. Fourteen and fifteen. Fourteen and fifteen. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. So I think the, if I'm being just really honest, I've been in a tough week and a half. Uh, Kelly and I have been just going through some hard stuff with our adoption process and we've just been spending a lot of time praying and Mm -hmm. so when I first heard the scripture read I thought that's what I need like I've been growing weary um, of approaching God with the same prayer over and over and over again Mm -hmm. wonder I, I don't it's not like I question whether he hears me but I just feel annoying. <laughs> and I haven't got it yet. So I'm yeah. still asking. And I feel like I'm still asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was really like my takeaway from the particular text was just like, man, I don't have to shrink back. Mm-hmm. Like God has given me permission in his word to approach him with confidence, boldly, not arrogantly. Mm-hmm. I think Pastor John did a good job of clarifying that. Not arrogantly, but boldly because he wants to hear from his kids. Mm-hmm. He wants us as his kids to understand his will for our lives. And he wants us to, to he wants to respond to those prayers. He wants to help us um, in that journey. So that was what mm-hmm. I thought. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's so great. And the confidence that he hears it, right? Like I, I was a teacher and I could ignore my students, but I still heard them, right? Like I could work hard to try to tune them out and not pay attention, but That's the reality is, is yes, that <laughs> I I hear them, right? And having that confidence that God hears them. Um, Pastor John mentioned something very briefly, but it stuck with me. He said, you know, God is not a candy machine. And I think that in my um, infancy in Christ, I approached God like a vending machine, right? I put in this prayer, I give my tithe and my offering, and I'm like, okay, like, boop, 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 hand it out, give me what I want, you know? And so for me, I wrote down that um, prayer is not manipulation. Like Mm -hmm. we do not manipulate God with prayer, but instead we experience the transformation of our own hearts when we come to him in prayer. So that was a big thing that stuck out out for me is just, I'm not manipulating him. I'm not pressing the certain buttons to get what I want, but that his Holy Spirit would transform my heart as I begin to continue to, you know, 
stay in his presence and in his space. Yeah. Well, and side note, not really side note, but a takeaway from this for you leaders is, uh, I think, Mo, you can disagree with this, but I think that in my experience leading groups in particular, uh, sometimes I forget to pray for them. Mm-hmm. I find myself getting frustrated with them, like whether that's just the way they're living their lives or they don't seem to be participating in the group or, you know, whatever it may be, I get frustrated and then I run into the fact that, oh my gosh, like I have been planning this group meeting, I've been leading this Bible study, but I have not been praying for these people by name. And uh, Pastor John did say, I wrote down, he said the dirty little secret of the church is that we don't know how to pray. And I think an extension of that is sometimes we just forget to pray, which mm-hmm. is so embarrassing to say. But I, as group to group leaders, I would just say, don't forget to pray for your members. Like even if you have to just put it on your calendar to pray for them by name once a week, that will change the dynamic of your group. And not necessarily praying, you know, for God to heal them of a sickness or for God to provide a job. Pray all those things too. But just pray for their heart. Pray mm-hmm. for their for them to grow in their relationship with Jesus. It will change the way you look at them. Um, and God will work in them. So um, okay, so six things. We're not going to go through all six, are we? No, no, that's, no too, that's too long of a list. But uh, Pastor John gave six points. So was there one, Mo, that jumped out at you that you felt like was particularly helpful to you? For me, it was seeking his face before his favor. Uh-huh. And in that, like we seek his face and having that eternal life. So he said in he, uh, Pastor John read John seventeen three. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. And so just remembering that before I ask, I think I get and fall in that trap of, um, I typically pray when I'm journaling, and so half of my prayers are just my thoughts and processing, and the other half are like me actually talking to the Lord. And so sometimes I forget to be reverent in seeking His face before I'm asking for things. Um, so that was just a really great reminder for me, like, what do I really want? Is it that I'm going to tell God what I want him to do and then I just want him to operate that way? Or above all things, do I desire an intimacy with him, the person, a relationship with the one who gives me eternal life, which which the beauty of that is being in relationship for him forever, not just that I get to live forever. Um, So that was one that really kind of was working on my heart this morning. What about you? That's so good. I just want to sit in that. Seeking his face. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good. Cause it's just, we're so needy. Mm-hmm. We're so needy. Sorry. I could go on that, but yeah. I think, yeah, for me, um, the specific one, I think it was point number five, uh, where pastor John said, uh, you know, that we shouldn't give up in our praying. And he specifically pointed to Luke chapter 18. If you're familiar with that parable, the parable of the persistent widow, and she just keeps going back and keeps going back and keeps going back to get, uh, what she wants. Um, and, and it, I use this word that, that can make a person feel annoying. And sometimes in human terms, it is annoying, mm-hmm. but I think the freeing thing for me is that it's not annoying to God. Like in the same, and again, don't hear me, don't hear me being super parent over here. When my kids ask me and ask me and ask <laughs> me for good things over and over again, I'm talking about good things. You know, if they don't let up, if they're, I do, I'm human, I'm sinful, I'm fallen, I'm, I get annoyed. But, I can attest to that, I've seen it. <laughs> but generally, <laughs> but generally when it's a good thing and they stick with it, it does please me to respond to them. It does please me to help them 
get what they're asking for. And so I just think that stuck out to me, especially again in this season of my life uh, where we're just going through some hard stuff in our adoption process and I'm just going back to God and back to God and back to God, realizing that that be, because of seeking his face and by God's grace, having moments of clarity on his character, who he is, that he's good and that he loves me, that he doesn't get annoyed, that he wants me to continue to come to him until he responds in a way that I understand, you know, he is working, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you would agree with that. Like he is working even when I can't figure it out, but my hope and, and experience tells me biblically and in my own life that at some point he'll say yes or no. (laughs) And so just persisting and that that's good. That doesn't annoy him. And I just needed to hear that today. Absolutely. So if you are a group leader, Bobby, how do you apply this to group life? How do you talk to people. I mean, maybe that's a question you should ask me because you're a pastor and so you might feel way more confident asking someone about a sermon or maybe you feel more insecure because you're a pastor and you're thinking more into it. I don't know. But as a group leader, how do you navigate sermon conversation? Yeah, I think um, because I'm a pastor, sometimes I don't do it well. I think I sometimes just have some Mm pre-assumptions that people won't speak honestly with me, whether I'm the one that preached the sermon or not. Uh, but, um, but I also, by God's grace, can overcome those things and, and still dive in. And so uh, I think for me, it would just start with praying. Like whether you discuss group curriculum or, or sermon curriculum in your group or not, I think if I was leading a group this week, I would start the group meeting time um, by praying and I would go to some of well I would go to first John five I would go to some of these other texts that John gave and I would preface with that say hey you know we're gonna we're gonna pray a little bit different tonight we want to approach God confidently and I might even ask people if they were willing to share one request at a time and then we just as a group approach God confidently mm. to pray over those things. Um, so more of a more of a let's just do it mm-hmm. <laughs> than than spend a ton of time talking about it. Although you might need to talk about it too. What about you? I think for me it would be overcoming fear. Um, I think I want people to like me, and I don't want people to think that I'm the weird Jesus person who always has to talk about the church thing. Yeah. And so it would be overcoming the fear and pressure of what will they think, and really caring for their soul enough to ask like coming overcoming the like oh well this might be a little bit awkward we're asking some hard questions it could get into something deep and really just caring enough about my brother and sister in Christ that I'm going to ask um because hopefully and prayerfully like if we're praying right that God would have spoke to them in some way through that sermon and so wanting to know how is God speaking to you and how can I as your sister in Christ be praying, having that confident boldness in Christ, knowing that he, the Father, hears us um, for you, too. So I think it would be like having to get out of my head and just do it. Yeah. I think that could be said for a lot of things <laughs> in discipling and leadership is you got to get out of your head mm-hmm. and got to get the enemy's voice out of our heads um, in order to be faithful and obey it. Okay, so let me ask you this, Mo, putting you on the spot a little bit. So you can you can say if you... You just be honest, just be honest, but not how would you live this out when we're talking about approaching God confidently mm-hmm. with audacious boldness, not how, how should you or could you in the future, but as you look at your life over the last week, over the last month, um, we're talking about living in community. These group leaders, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't pay immediately, but, but as group leaders, mm-hmm. we have to model 
what we're calling people to over time. It's, it's, you know, that old saying, you know, it's caught as much as taught, like we have to model this. So for you, how do you, how do you pray in community right now? Mm -hmm. Answer that however you want, but do you, do you pray or is your prayers completely isolated and individualistic? Like where do you struggle? Where do you thrive? Mm, I would say my nature is to make them individualistic and all about me. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of both. If I'm not in community, my prayers will be all about me. But because I live in community, and what does that look like? That, like, pursuing friendships, um, letting people into, like, the dark and messy places, which is not comfortable, and I don't like it, and I'm an introvert, and I'm super independent, so that takes a lot of growth and work. But, like, having friends who are all up in my business, which I can't stand, but know that it's good for me, like you and Kelly, and but also just, you know, me talking with Kelsey last week, I was like, hey, we haven't talked in a while. Want to come over? Like, yeah. you like she brought food. I bought drinks. And we're just kind of, you know, having friendship. And then you have to ask. And so in that, in that friendship of just how's life going, where are you at, I think you are more inclined to pray. Because when I hear my friend going some, some, through something really hard, I'm like, let's, let's pray right now. Yes. Or, yes. Um, right, like, like, can I pray for you? Or the, and then I'm at home and I'm thinking about it, right, because the Holy Spirit is bringing it back to me. And so then as I'm playing my guitar in worship or I'm, um, you know, just in my own time with the Word, those things are coming up for me. As I'm reading Scripture, people are coming to mind. But that does not happen if I'm not in community. So if I'm gone for a week or two and I kind of, like, do my own thing, I become far more me-centered, which I think our American culture encourages us to be me centered yeah, right? sure. and so yeah. if I'm if I'm by myself a lot which is hard for me because I am a homebody who enjoys that I will become me centered in my prayer it's only when I'm actually living life seeing people talking to people engaging them in conversation regular conversation not always biblical conversation but that when you hear the struggles of their life then remembering that my words aren't helpful. My advice often is not helpful if it's not rooted in truth. So having to go back to what does God's word say about that scenario, it's far better than whatever I could come up with. So That's so good. And I highlight the fact that you said it's not just in biblical conversation, you know, aka Bible study, yeah. church time, whatever. Conversation yes. is what I like to call <laughs> Yeah, it. but it's yes. just regular conversations. Mm -hmm. And you hear something, and as a follower of Jesus, you seize on it. And I would just encourage our group leaders that are listening, like, you know, as a pastor, we joke about this, but like sometimes I do struggle to feel like I have to have it all together, right? And I, group leaders, you guys are in the same boat. You're the ones leading the group, leading the charge, leading the ministry, whatever it is you're leading. And sometimes you feel that temptation to have it all together. And um, I would just say this week, the next time, you know, somebody that you're leading asks you, how you doing? Don't just say fine. Mm -hmm. Be honest. Be honest. And you might be doing good, but tell them why you're doing good. Or mm -hmm. you just might have had a parenting struggle that morning. Tell them that. Take a risk. You're not whining. You're inviting people into your life. You're inviting people to pray. Um, and that is discipling. Which is growing for me too, right? When I have to pray for you, like you were talking about your struggle of adoption, like, and I go to war for you in the spirit, like that grows my own faith. And do I believe that the Lord will be faithful and kind in this? And it causes me as your friend seeing you walk through a hard season to also grow yeah. and also put on the weapons and also put on the armor. So it's, you know, when we talk about iron sharpens iron and us 
carrying the burden together, I think we both get stronger in our faith when we have that kind of relationship. That's also, so this good. podcast is going to get really long, so oh, we better yeah. move on to the next topic. So I want to switch, though, because that was perfect, because we started talking about how we're living this out just in the daily life. Mm-hmm. And so we said that we wanted to talk about the sermon, but also wanted to kind of hit on a topic each podcast. And so um, what I want to ask you, Mo, is like when we're thinking about this daily life, you know, is church, when we think about church, is church a place we go? Is it only a place we go? Is it something more, something less? What is, it, what is church? I have an answer. Okay. But because we were talking about equipping, okay. right, and building up the body of Christ, I want to start with where I believe my answer comes from. Yes. And then talk to you about, like, why I think it is that way. So in Matthew um, chapter 16, this is when... Um, Jesus is asking his disciples, right? Like, who do people say that I am? And they're like, you know, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah. Some people say you're Jeremiah. And then Jesus was like, all right, cool. But you, like, who do you say that I am? And Simon, this is um, chapter 16, verse 16. Simon says, you are the Messiah, the son of living, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And this is where my answer comes in. Verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Like, on you, Peter, based on what the Father has revealed to you, on you I will build my church. Not on this land, not on, you know, with this brick. Like, so when I think about is church a place, like, no church is a people we are the church right as discovery we are a church little c then there's the big c church when i think about the that there are believers all over the world who understand that jesus is the son of god who died on the cross for our sin that we may have reconciliation and redemption with the father like there is not a place a building that we all step into, but yet we are the church. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I also think that believers should gather with one another. So like when I'm serving as a greeter, I don't say welcome to church. I say, welcome to our worship gathering, right? Or I say welcome to worship because we are coming together as a people to worship, just like family members come together maybe on a Sunday dinner. Um, That's not, the dinner itself is not what makes them family, but it is a time where they get to gather and be Become family. Um, so that's how I see it. Church is not a place, although, you know, when we come in together as the church in one place, beautiful things happen. But it is the people in the room that make it the church. So is that is the fact that church is not sim is not a place, that it's a people, and those people have lives that are messy and overlap. Is that good news? <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, it's it can be. Okay. It's it's good news and it's what makes it tricky right because that means that the church is going to hurt you and that means that because we are a people like i'm going to make mistakes i'm going to put my foot in my mouth i'm going to offend people right like i've had to apologize to donna because i'm like i was angry and i was just rude right like the church was rude to her that day because i am people and i'm human Mm -hmm. but i also think that that's what makes it beautiful because we as christians we don't get perfect lives like the bible calls us to suffering and the bible calls us to a lot of hard things but we do them because we get to do them together. It would be really challenging to do that alone. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I will confess, in the early days of pastoring a church, I would often say uh, church is not a place we go. It's who we are. And I, 
I think I broke attention that God wants to be there when I did that because I said church is not a place. It's not, mm-hmm. and almost, even though it's not a place, it's not a building, I almost inferred that the gathering of the church doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that was wrong. I think I miss, I was unhelpful in saying that um, because it led some of the people in my church to devalue Gathering. gathering gathering not just with the one or two people that you're besties with you but know like the whole because we, yeah we need the diversity of the body we mm-hmm. need the people that we don't see the, the same time. with politically we don't see the same with in parenting we need people to sharpen and challenge us Absolutely. we need people to be able to forgive and you know bear with mm-hmm. and all that stuff so um but i heard a, a helpful illustration um on this one time that just you know i'm a i'm a big baseball fan fan of the world series champion at the Braves. <laughs> nice. And, uh, you know, I heard somebody talk one time that like, a, if you think about a baseball team or a basketball team, whatever, um, you know, that they are characterized by who they are a team with, by, by their being together on a team. Like that's what, mm-hmm. what characterizes them brave. as a team. Yeah. I'm a brave or I'm a Seahawk. Um, but when they go their separate ways, they don't stop being a team that they're still a team. They're just a team scattered around. And I think that that's a beautiful part of being a local church. The way God has designed it is yes, we're a part of this big, bigger universal church, but man, like to be a part of discovery church and to be all in with discovery church is to say, you know, like I'm going to get together with this group of people and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm characterized as discovery by the people that I gather with, but I don't stop being discovery when I go to my job, I don't mm-hmm. stop being discovery when I go through pains, uh, in my home on a Tuesday evening, you know? And so I can call on those brothers and sisters in Christ all week long. Mm-hmm. That's how we functionally be the church together. I think that is beautiful because it's, it's a commitment. I think that commitment to the people and not the place is what keeps you coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly and I got in an argument, like one of the first arguments we've like ever really had within the last two weeks. And I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated with you. But because I love you, it's why I'm staying in this conversation. Yeah. And a stranger on the street, I would have bowed out so quick. I don't like conflict, right? But like because we are committed in community with one another, like I'm going to be in your life and you're going to be in mine. And it is not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. Um, my, one of my favorite quotes is like, remember, always remember that sunshine alone creates deserts, right? Mm-hmm. Like there has to be sunshine and there's also has to be that rain. But my commitment to her in that moment when I wanted to like walk away, I didn't. Not because I really, really cared about the outcome of that conversation. No, I wanted to stop talking about it, but I cared about her mm-hmm. as a person. And that kept me staying in it when I wanted to be like, I don't like you anymore and run and hide. That's doubly good because it's good as a Christ follower to hear that, but it's also good because that's my wife you're talking about. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to put a lid on this episode. Let me just ask you, just you you put this lid on it and then we'll pray. What... um, Man, these leaders are hearing you talk about this. This is beautiful and it's messy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were a leader listening to this uh, conversation, what 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 would you think your takeaway would be? Like, what could you do with this reality that church isn't? It, it church is a people we gather with, but it's not just a place we go. It's who we are every day of the week. What? How do you put handles on that for the people listening? Hmm. Walk. Walk in community with community um know that it will be messy know that it will be beautiful but like stay in it and keep pursuing it um 
because it's beneficial for everyone. Like, what we, we talked about Ephesians 4, 12, right? Mm. Like, I've been equipped because of community. Like, I can even, like, I've been in ministry because of the community. Like, real true friendships. I always said when my, I got serious about Jesus when my church friends became my real friends. Um, and so we will build up the body in Christ when we just walk in community. Imperfectly, you're not going to always have a game plan. You're not always going to have it written out, but just... Commit to one another. So if you haven't committed yet to that group of people, um, pray and ask God what you need to be able to truly commit to them no matter what. That's good. Well, Disco Leaders, thanks for uh, listening to us, hanging out in the conversation. Uh, if you have specific things you'd like us to talk about um, and, and to open up the Bible and, and see what it says about, just uh, let us know. We'd love to include mm-hmm. that in the conversation. Uh, Mo, would you pray for us as we go? Pray for these leaders. I'm not feeling very bold or confident. Ah. I'm just, I'm just Man, kidding. if you don't feel bold or confident <laughs> now, we've failed. No, Father, you are good and i'm learning in this season of life that not only are you good but you are kind and you are kind enough to give us a confidence that you hear us and you hear the group leaders that are listening to bobby and i and so lord first i want to just thank you thank you for the way that you are moving in our church thank you for um the yes of every group leader who has said yes to you um in a hard messy thing lord i pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would send your spirit in nearness to them. Give them confidence, not that they will be awesome group leaders, because maybe they won't, but that you work in things that are not awesome, that you work in the messy and the beautiful, Lord. I pray that you would continue to equip them. Um, I pray that you would continue to encourage them. I pray that you would give them um, community with one another as group leaders, not just within their own group, but as this body that we could that this podcast would be encouraging for them um, to feel that community within each other lord i pray just for opportunities to draw us together help us be the church not just show up um, to a beautiful place on sundays at lincoln but to walk that out day by day um, knowing that ultimately we do all things for your glory for your honor in jesus name i pray amen amen see y'all Thanks for listening to another episode of the Disco Leader Podcast. We hope that it's been equipping and encouraging for you. Make sure to subscribe to the Disco Leader Podcast wherever you do your listening for easy access. If you're loving it, feel free to leave a review. And if you're not, blame Bobby. Bobby.